You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Podcast brought to you by Faketeams.com. I am your humble host, Pete Rogers, joined as always. Everyone's back. Just Clark Barnes, Mr. Clash, Jordan Smith, and Ginger Nick. Guys, how are we doing today? Holler. Holler. Doing great. Pete. <laughs> doing well. Um, splendid. Well, so now that everyone's here, did any of you guys watch Sharp Objects? And did you any catch you the season finale on Sunday? I've not dived into that yet. Oh my god, you guys! You love it. I didn't ask Tuesday's episode because I was just Clark, and if we'd learned anything about Clark on this show, it's that he doesn't binge watch as much TV as I do. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. Exactly, that's what I figured. Hence why I was like, "All right, well, I'm going to wait until Jordan at least." Because Jordan, you normally are an HBO fanatic like I. Uh, yeah, I mean, I watched Hard Knocks in the shop last night, but but not not Sharp Objects. I've uh, I've started The Crown, so I'm watching that. <laughs> watching that royal family? Oh, yes. Um, yeah, Sharp Objects was amazing. So would highly recommend to any of you fools. Uh, but anyways, and the season finale was epic in every way. Um, so there you go. I just wanted to discuss about that maybe, but I guess none of you guys cared or watched. So Sorry, Use- Useless. Um a little housekeeping pulling back the curtain that we use to uh, cover and keep the dust off our grand piano. Uh, we've made an RB one fantasy league. We did it. Victory. Uh, big thanks to our listeners who wanted to partake in this league. Um, so that'll be something we'll make allusion. You know, I'm sure we'll refer- reference it throughout the, uh, throughout the year on the podcast and we'll talk about it. It'll be a lot of fun. I'm personally really excited about it. Uh, we were talking before we were recording that I'm, thoroughly impressed that we even were able to muster up enough people to uh to make a eight person league but hey it's going to be a ton of fun super excited can't wait um so props to everyone who uh who joined welcome to the thunderdome listeners it's down down jordan has already assured me that he is going to take this so seriously this will be the only league that he cares about all season long yeah, the other ones, the other five are going to take a back burner. <laughs> do we uh, do we have an over under on how many Jags uh, Clark's going to take? Ooh, that is a good one. Over under set at one and a half. I mean, in an eight team league, why would I draft just a guy? You know, you can really go for stars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will never not laugh at Clark throwing shade. At the Jaguars, I find it hilarious every single time. Uh, it's a good, a good bit. Uh, all right, on to today's show. I feel like we've recorded the news from yesterday because guess what, people? Another NFL player just made a shit ton of money, not named Aaron Donald, and another player got traded. 
um, at this rate, the NFL is going to be making billions and all the players will be on different teams. So can't complain about that. Uh, we also got, and get excited, people, because it's back, the greatest game known in the podcast universe, Would You Rather? Uh, and yeah, then that's that's a show, getting you guys ready for the last weekend of drafts, most likely. It's exciting. Right, Are we going to talk about the news or just allude? <laughs> no, we're just going to allude to it. We're getting to it. Hit the news music we're doing. And Aaron got a deal. Which one? Follow us on Twitter to find out. <laughs> all right in the news sit down odell there's another filthy rich player in the nfl now and his name is a aaron Rodgers. uh just got a contract extension that everyone was worried about but it seems like everything worked out fine since uh nfl contracts i don't know anything about them don't know how to break them down or anything uh here's exactly what ian rapaport said uh quarterback aaron Rodgers is signing his name to a four-year contract extension as we speak and when he does he will net 57.5 million dollars in signing bonus by the end of the 2018 thanks to his 134 million dollar extension Rodgers gets $66.9 million. Um, and then also other people have tweeted, he's also set to receive $80 million between now and March. The signing bonus is the largest in NFL history. Three-year cash, three year cash flow, which is, I guess, guaranteed money, question mark, is $103 million. However, before we get all excited about how much money Aaron Rodgers has made and how great of a guy and how well-deserving he is all of this, Jordan, I turn to you for this breaking news. Despite all this money and riches, he has yet to pay Devontae Adams the $20 that he was lent in 2016. <laughs> so, Jordan, I ask you, is Rodgers a bad teammate? Um, I want to say he's just maybe forgetful. Uh, from what I'm gathering, like the 70 or so million dollars that they're just going to give him all this year is going to come in a giant duffel bag and they're going to throw it on his doorstep for him tomorrow morning. Cool. And I'm assuming it's in... 20s 50s hundreds large bills only and that's he's just gonna slide a 20 out of there and give it to Devante because Devante adams is somehow underpaid now tell the rich stay rich never pay your debts i do have some numbers for his um for aaron Rodgers' contract though what it could mean year to year um and this is these are just estimates from somebody who's usually pretty accurate with all the information that they just gathered today um, cap hit for this year is around 21 million. So it goes up by a smidge, like a very small amount. I think they actually cleared that space by trading away Brett Hundley. Um, next year it's 26 and a half million. Uh, the following year, 32.6, So still wildly, wildly underpaid with a lot of room since he's getting all that upfront money to renegotiate if need be. Restructure, I should say. Those are actually super manageable cap hits. Like they spread that out really well. Yeah, I think with like the guaranteed money, um, they have to they have to do something crazy to actually come up with the cash to be able to give him all that money this year they're going to dip into some sort of uh 
fund. I, I forget what I read. I should have Bill read prorated. it before. Yeah, they have to they have to do something pretty damn tricky, but Gudekunst is a pretty good cap wizard, so there's gonna be a he lot of kids in Green it. Bay out there selling lemonade to get this yeah, contract paid for. Don't do it. <laughs> Green Bay team. Do it. <laughs> yep. Yep. Green Bay's all gotta chip in in order to pay for Aaron Rodgers. I think the biggest thing to come out of this is a power ranking of how you would want your $70 million delivered to you. Cause I don't necessarily know if double duffel bag on my doorstep is really the best way to have $70 million delivered to me. I would say it should be like in one of those U-Haul trucks and then you open up the back and it just comes pouring out and then you're literally like overwhelmed by a tidal wave of money. I want 3 million in cash and the rest in uh, gold Cougar ants. Ooh. I want like leave. Get the get the f out of here. I don't want the federal government involved in my access to my money. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna be the old man and take the gold. Just have a super large mattress to stuff that in. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Jordan, give it away my secrets, man. <laughs> you just come uh, into Clark's, Clark's house and he has this just like hundred foot by hundred foot mattress, and everyone's like, "Wow, cool mattress." Why is your carpet so squishy? That's not the carpet. That is my bed. <laughs> Um, I think it'd be fun to do like a uh, like a Breaking Bad thing. You could reenact the whole storage oh, unit. Yeah, yep, that's a good. Oh, there you go. That is, yeah. and that's also a widely used gift to like celebrate anytime anyone makes a shit ton of money. So I feel like it's also naturally a way to physically celebrate a time when you make a shit ton of money. So good. <laughs> I glad we got that covered. Um, next in the news, a trade, and it's not the one that Jordan alluded to. Uh, I know Brett Hundley is probably a serviceable quarterback. He got traded to the Seattle Seahawks, but he did not really make my news list. Uh, the player who did, Saints sent a third-round pick to the Jets for Teddy Bridgewater and I believe a sixth-rounder. Um, but anyways, in my mind, a perfect trade for everyone involved. I, would I have loved to see the Jaguars sack up and pay a third round to get a starting caliber quarterback? Yeah, but Bridgewater now gets out of New York and goes to a team that actually could need a quarterback pretty soon, uh, but there's no pressure on him to play right away. Clark, will Teddy B be the future in New Orleans? Yeah, I, I want him to be. I remember uh, hoping the Texans were going to take Teddy Bridgewater when they had the first pick in the second round. It got down to the Patriots, and I just thought for sure – the Texans are finally going to get a good quarterback. This is going to be fantastic. Uh, and then Minnesota traded up, and I, I just knew they didn't trade up to get some guard or something, and Bridgewater would be gone. Uh, I think you're right that Bridgewater goes to a better situation to sit behind Drew Brees. I think they've got Drew Brees on a two-year deal, and he's just making a shit ton of money. Uh, so this is setting up really nicely for Teddy Bridgewater to get a nice kind of bridge deal to take over for breeze or next year we're going to be talking about how much money teddy bridgewater is going to get on the open market i think darnold's just too good to be sitting on the bench i mean there's something to be said for having a rookie quarterback kind of wait his turn um and then come in maybe take over during a bye week if the team is struggling but at pretty savvy move by the jets there to sign bridgewater people were confused with what they were doing but they flipped that into a third round pick so I mean, I'm liking what the Jets are doing. Jordan, your your team is finally playing with some intelligence. I think they'll actually be sneaky good this year. Sneaky good. Did you uh, did you guys see what Romo had to say about Darnold? No. Was it that he doesn't have a broken back? Uh, 
maybe he commented on that too, but he, uh, no, he was saying that when, uh, when Brady retires, it's Rogers league. And when Rogers retires, it's Darnold's league. Wow. Is this the moment where Tony Romo jumped the shark? Are we there already? Like, it's already that would be sad. It's always sad if a show has to jump the shark, like the first season in, that's not a great sign for the longevity of it. Yeah. we liked Romo last year. He's just, don't get too loud with it, man. You know, just believe in what you're saying. Does he also pre- he also predicted the Jaguars to go to the Super Bowl? Which, hey, if they had Teddy Bridgewater as their quarterback, maybe they would have. But not with old. Maybe that's subconsciously why I'm attacking this take. Yeah, Clark just can't <laughs> agree with anyone who would even fathom the notion of the Jaguars playing at any level of good or competent this year. Um, finally, in the news. A kind of damning statement here for all you Doug Baldwin old owners. Uh, in an interview on Tuesday, Baldwin said that his knees is is not a hundred percent and likely will be something that he has to deal with for the rest of the season, which is not exactly what you want to hear for most people's wide receiver two, maybe even wide receiver one to start the season. So grimace. Yeah, that's a little a little worrisome, especially on a team that you just feel like you kind of need all hands on deck this season if you want to produce some wins. Yeah, and then you wonder if it was a panic move to go and lock up Tyler Lockett mm-hmm. and then kind of make sure yeah. how interested you should be in him. Like, is he going to do it to us again? Am I going to do the Tyler Lockett thing? So, Clark, I think that might be more of a, uh, a message to Earl Thomas. Oh! 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 Shots yeah. fired getting thrown at Earl? I mean, he's, I love Earl and I like, it's a, it's a dark day out here in Seattle when I have to listen to the, the Doug Baldwin news, but yeah, no, I, I think that, uh, I think it might be, Hey, we're going to pay our guys who are here kind of a thing. Damn. And who else are going to pay? Like the roster is really not looking very good. This is going to be a bad year. I just thought it was kind of perplexing that they kind of balked at giving Jermaine curse that kind of money. And they ultimately signed Tyler Lockett to a longer deal. I'm not sure how the guarantees all work out, but that's that's the take I took away from it is they just paid a third-string receiver at best with the same kind of money they could have given their second receiver. I feel you. Um, the thing with Lockett is that he brings value in the return game, but um, Curse, like, so – Seattle is super divided on curse. They either loved his circus catches or they couldn't stand his innate ability to sort of set the ball. Like he's playing volleyball for defensive backs to pick off Um, for every amazing catch. He seemingly generated a turnover and I, I was ready to see him go. I have to start remembering that we have a Seahawks fan on the podcast now. (laughs) (laughs) This is all coming at me real fast. Um, Finally, in the news, <laughs> Michael Kendrick got busted from, by the feds for insider trading, and he just got released by the Browns. So that's a thing, I guess. Good story. My favorite thing are all the Carl Nassib uh, <laughs> memes about it for all of his financial advice on hard knocks. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, you're a professional player who's making a shit ton of money. Why do you need to get roped up in bad investments that then – lose you your job what was wild was his his apology was almost more about like sorry i got caught yeah he he talked about how he trusted this person he kept referencing like this was a mentor and i trusted him and apparently i shouldn't have 
it just it seemed more like sorry I got busted, guys. Right. It wasn't like oh, I'm sorry that I was doing this illegal activity. It's like well, I should have just really like picked my friends better so that when I was doing <laughs> this illegal activity, it wouldn't slip. Yeah, that's my fault, you guys. Ah, those feds, man, they're always listening. There must be something in the water in Ohio because I think he just took a page out of the Urban Meyer apology book. Boom, roasted. <laughs> nice. Well done. Well done, Jordan. Um, so there you go. There's your NFL news. Now it's time to play the greatest game in the internet world. <clears throat> Let me clear my throat so I can get into a full game show host voice mode. <clears throat> Would you rather? Playing today, we have the man who's famous for his fantastic falsetto. It's Clark Barnes. Thanks, Pete. Next, he didn't drive here because he's a classically trained equestrian. It's Jordan Smith. Happy to be here, guys. And our final contestant. He can't sleep at night unless he's cuddling a wild grizzly bear. It's Nick Bonifred. Hey, everybody. And I'm your host slash other contestant because it really isn't competition. It's more of an open-ended discussion. Pete Rogers. Whew. Good work, Pete. Thanks. Thanks. I was proud of that. Uh, I'd like to buy a vowel. All right. For all those who've never listened to a Would You Rather episode, the game's simple. We uh, ask each other Would You Rather questions, and then we answer them. So... For example, I could ask Jordan, Jordan, would you rather have the richest quarterback in the NFL on your team or a quarterback with the most Super Bowl wins? That's a possible would you rather that we could have asked. Or the nicest. Let's not undermine personality. Personality doesn't get you championships, Clark. Personality gets you. Tom Brady has proven that. Participation trophies. And I don't stand for participation trophies. So let's, uh, Nick, start us off. Start us with your first would you rather. Okay, cool. Um, I'm going a, a, a teammate situation here. Would you rather take Demarius Thomas in the fifth or Emmanuel Sanders in the seventh? Emmanuel Sanders, and I've been doing it everywhere. I just feel like Demarius Thomas is getting slow, and he's a big, fast wide receiver, and when you're not fast anymore, he hasn't shown the ability to transition into the Brandon Marshall, Larry Fitzgerald role. Emmanuel Sanders, I think, had an ankle problem last year and has looked quick again this year. I I think him and Case Keenum are moist and patico already from what we've seen in the preseason. I'm, I would take Sanders over Demarius Thomas straight up, regardless of round. I like yeah. that. I would go with Emmanuel Sanders as well because I feel Cortland Sutton, Cortland Sutton has shown a lot in the preseason. And I think if any, if either of those veterans' roles he's going to replace, it's going to be with Demarius Thomas. So I think Emmanuel Sanders has the best to actually have substantial playing time this year. Yeah, I was going to say Sanders based on round. You could get a possible flex guy just deep in the draft. And without injury, Sanders is solid for 90 catches, I would say. That's pretty good money in PPR leagues. Yeah, I'm, I'm on board with all that, too. Um, Keenum loves the slot. That's uh, Sanders' spot. And, uh, yeah, I would, I would take him straight up over Thomas regardless of the round as well. Boom. I like this it. is the time of year where I've drafted a team and I've drafted Emmanuel Sanders, so nothing will be able to push me off of Emmanuel Sanders. <laughs> I will always defend people I've drafted. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, Clark, why don't you go next? So I hope I don't confuse everyone with this one. Would you rather lose your first and second round pick and get top priority on the waiver wire all year or 
get two random first and two random second round picks, but you're last on waiver runs all year. The second one. The extra picks. And I would I would rather have a chance to draft than to draft in for the first and second round than to not get a chance to draft in the first and second round. Because otherwise you're playing some pretty tricky games with the waiver wire if you don't have two top twenty-four guys. I agree. If it was just your second round pick, then I would probably lean towards top of the waiver wire. But I agree with Jordan. Like it's first round picks matter. I think more so than I, I could maybe make do without a second, but a first and a second is too much, even for even for the uh, first pick on waiver wire. That's an awesome question, Clark. Uh, I I really really want to pick the uh, the first priority on on the waiver wire, but yeah, I, I don't think I can. The, I mean, four. So you're saying four picks in the top two rounds? Yeah, yeah. I I think you got to do that, and then just like. Do your homework every week for the waivers. <laughs> no, for the You're like, I'm looking for that super deep sleeper. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but he is on the team. <laughs> yeah, I, so I like it. We have some disagreement on this one. I'll take the waiver wire every Ooh. year. I look back at the draft uh, the next year uh, and at the end of the season, and people's rosters never look like what they started with. Uh, you're getting a league winner. You're getting a shot at a league winner every week in one of the most violent sports on the planet. Uh, so, yeah, Le'Veon Bell is great. He looks fantastic. What do you pay for his backup when he breaks his ankle week three? You know, like, Ty Gurley looks fantastic and runs into a wall of giant men all day. He may miss some games, and his backup has looked great. Uh, so I love the waiver wire, and I'll, I'll take the waiver wire. I'm looking at people – Last year, so Kareem Hunt may have been drafted in your league, depending on where you, when you did. He finished third. Alvin Kamara was likely undrafted in your league, unless you're super deep or or your Nick. Uh, that could also happen. <laughs> you know, Mark Ingram, Alex Collins. You know, these are all guys in the top twenty that, even if they got drafted, were probably dropped at some point and then handed in good weeks. So, uh, I was hoping I was making it hard. I upped it to two picks in each round to hope to split us. So I see I what mean, you're saying though. Yeah. Like I had a conversation because I had a draft last weekend and we were talking, I mean, knock on wood that this doesn't happen to any player, but within the first like three weeks of the regular season, not so much preseason anymore because they barely play, but there's always like a top tier guy that just goes yeah. down. Like just no matter what. Uh, Clark, I, I will say that if you're thinking about taking Todd Gurley, I hope that you read my Los Angeles Rams NFL preseason report and know that you should use your final pick on John Kelly. John Kelly looks so good. John Kelly looked real good. This so week. good. He looks real good. And, and I don't think Sean McVay is stupid enough to be like, nope, we're going to run Todd Gurley to the ground. He's going to be like, oh shit, we have a real like legit backup running back. We're going to uh, now kind of balance Todd Gurley so that he is fresh most of the time. Could be pretty deadly. Uh, all right, Jordan, uh, let's hear your first would you rather. Uh, yeah, let's bring it back to some wide receiver options. Um, would you rather have Jarvis Landry in the fifth round or T.Y. Hilton in the third round? T.Y. So, Hilton, hands down. Well, listen to my notes here. <laughs> <laughs> I said, one, you don't know what Andrew Luck will be like, and it is super easy for 
every defense in the league to probably double team T.Y. Hilton because their number two receiver is Ryan Grant. And Landry is a PPR monster, and Tyrod Taylor is the best quarterback that he's ever played with. Baker Mayfield, even if he's the one that starts, could be the best quarterback that he's ever played with. Those are my those are my notes. <laughs> They're good notes. I'm still staying with T.Y. I'm operating under what this whole podcast is operated under for the last entire offseason. Andrew Luck is healthy. Andrew Luck's going to play like Andrew Luck. Everything's set in Indianapolis. Big ifs, I understand, but I've made many claims based on those facts, so I'm sticking to it. People forget, I think, just how dominant T.Y. Hilton can be with Andrew Luck at the helm. And and he's not just a sprint down the field, let's throw it deep and, and have him outrun everyone. He was showing the ability to run every route in the in the route tree and become like a, a number one option who could beat best, you know, top corners and like be the legit number one receiver on the Colts outside of just being kind of a deep threat guy. So I just think that continues. I think you could see him develop into the mold of someone like Antonio Brown. If Andrew Luck comes in super healthy, is everything's a go in Indianapolis. I don't know if he would. I don't think T.Y. Hilton is going to beat Antonio Brown, but I would not be surprised if T.Y. Hilton is very closely on A.B.'s heels. Never forget that those two played pop warner football together exactly that's why that's why i referenced them together yeah i (laughs) t.y hilton so so you know clarkson (laughs) t.y hilton obviously (laughs) but i i I love both of those guys and it's a tough spot i've picked up jarvis landry everywhere in best ball because i maybe i'm i don't get it but i don't get the knock on him is like oh all he does is catch a hundred short passes and like turn it into 1100 yards every year with ryan Tannehill. right like yeah i'll, I'll take i'll take Jarvis landry. i think i'm gonna go jarvis landry too um yeah no I, I think i'm gonna go jarvis landry um because i think that you can supplement the uh the receiver position just by drafting heavy in the in the middle and late rounds at the position i, I it's really hard to replace that top tier uh running back value did you steal this question from your cat and this is the cat's revenge he's like fine you steal my question yeah. I'm, like, I'm just gonna be squealing in the background the whole time yeah. Uh, that's where I get all my inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> but also, he's like, got a podcast today, cat. What are we talking about? <laughs> See, I was of the mindset to go with Jarvis Landry because I think he is going to be able to provide a lot. And in the fifth round, T.Y. Hilton in the third, I don't want to give away too much draft strategy, but I'm probably not picking them a wide receiver in the third round of the draft. I've either already grabbed one or I'm going for like a third running back. I'm triple dipping right then. So for me, that's just like a a danger area because I believe like T.Y. and Tyreek Hilton's ADP are like right on top of one another. And I don't know who to pick there. I I should have did that. Tyreek, but that's just me. All right. My uh, first would you rather for the first quarter of the season – would you rather have carry on Johnson or Royce Freeman on your fantasy team? I'm going to say Royce Freeman. Cause it looks like he's going to be the lead back as far as the first quarter of the season. I like carry on Johnson though, as a prospect. So if we're talking dynasty leagues, I'm grabbing carry on over Royce Freeman. 
No, I'm just saying first quarter because both of these guys yeah. look like there is a little bit of uncertainty as to their backfields and whether or not they'll be the starter. Royce Freeman was looking to be the incumbent starter, but then the Broncos now have said that uh, what's his name? Devonte Booker is starting this final preseason game and is probably going to is possibly just starting week one. So there's some, some uncertainty there, and obviously, Carryon Johnson has to battle against um, Legarrette Blunt, Amir Abdullah. I guess could maybe be theoretic. Theoretic. I, I just want to be on record to say that I like Carryon Johnson. That's all. That's fair. I, don't want to That's fair. I understand. I think Freeman is the better play, and it's because of who's around him. Uh, we've. Devontae Booker has had his chance and hasn't really looked that great. I think he's at best a, a quick change of pace guy. And Royce Freeman is a big between the tackles kind of guy that I think will complement Case Keenum really well. Uh on Johnson is unfortunately playing with someone who I think is a decent big back that everybody has just been bagging on for years in the Garrett Blunt. And then he's got Theo Riddick, who's an excellent change of pace and third down back. I think it's going to be hard for him to break in on those two veterans without an injury. So I'd, I'd go with Freeman here. Yeah, I, I, I would go with Freeman too. And if you had asked me this last week, I would have given a different response. Just his, uh, his performance in uh, that last preseason game was I, for me too much to ignore that like 24 yard touchdown looked beautiful. Um, I really like carry on, especially later on in the year, but for, uh, for now, I think that Freeman has the uh, the safer workload, and he's also got a bit easier of a uh, run defense schedule to open the year. Um, yeah, so I'd go Freeman. Nice. All right, uh, Nick, give us your second. Would you rather? It's another uh, teammate one. It is. Would you rather go Alshon Jeffrey in the sixth or Nelson Aguilar in the ninth? Can I say neither? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Is that a possibility? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? Uh, because I don't trust the fact that Alshon Jeffrey is injured. I think he's going to miss like the first two weeks. Yeah, so he's so he's going to have to come back from injury. Uh, Nelson Aguilar has shown me some stuff last year. I guess, and this is probably ill-founded. It's probably just entirely my own biases and just like what's left, the taste that is left in my mouth of the Philadelphia Eagles offense with Carson Wentz at the helm. It was the Zach Ertz show and then yeah, everyone else. And so like, I feel like with somehow to me, the, the Eagles offense is like everything goes through Zach Ertz. And then, you know, we occasionally get it to uh, Alshon Jeffrey and Nelson Aguilar. If Alshon Jeffrey came into the season healthy, and had a full preseason, I would probably feel more confident in him because he did look pretty good in the postseason run and partially into the Super Bowl until they put Stefan Gilmore on him and Stefan Gilmore shut him down. But uh, the the injury is is what's ultimately worrying because it's something we've seen in the past with Alshon Jeffrey, right? He had a couple seasons in Chicago where he got injured and derailed him for the whole year. So I'll take Aguilar because I want to say no thanks to both and he's going later. Uh, Aguilar did have some good games last year, uh, but I just don't think I have a good understanding of how the Eagles fantasy scoring situation is going to turn out. Uh, I don't want to look at last year and decide that I have the season, you know, uh, all figured. But what we saw last year was very much a New Orleans-esque kind of everybody's getting five Mm -hmm. touches, which is just maddening for fantasy. So 
I'm staying away, or if you make me, I'll take the later the later guy. Yeah, I'm going with Aguilar in the ninth, because I think that's a, a little bit underrating him. Um, it could be just the the USC slot receiver comp here, but I think that he could have a little bit of a Juju Smith-Schuster type of run in him where he could like be the guy since Alshon Jeffrey's not going to be there for a little while. And being that slot guy, that like kind of possession guy, I think he's um, maybe a, a little bit of a safer target than Alshon Jeffrey, who is a vertical threat through and through. I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm going Nelson Aguilar and I, I'm actually pretty stoked to take him. I think he's going to end up being the like, surefire number one receiver in Philadelphia this year. I've just got no, no faith in Alshon Jeffrey's ability to stay healthy right yeah. right now. It's optimistic that he'll be able to be back for the third game, but like, okay, he's got to play through the third game and then go play again. Um, I, yeah, I think he's probably just going to end up uh, on the injury report all year long. And Aguilar had a nice little, well, I mean, once they moved him in the slot, he really started to produce. Obviously Ertz is going to be the, the overall number one, but as you know, I'm down on their their rushing attack with Jay Ajayi. So I, I think I think Aguilar is going to get a lot of work. That's fair, uh, and we'll spice up the order here because my second would you rather is also Eagles related and about and the other side you referenced what I was talking about um, the Eagles backfield. Would you rather have to predict the Patriots backfield from week to week? i.e. drafting one of Sony Michelle or Jeremy Hill or James White on your fantasy team, or have to predict the Eagles backfield from week to week, taking JJ, Corey Clement, Darren Sproles, any of those guys. I think I'm going to go with the Patriots. Uh, we were really worried about Sony Michelle's knee, and if what we're hearing lately is he's okay and he's back, and this is, I think, we are always trying to read the tea leaves with the Patriots, but... We've heard that the Patriots running back coach now has glowing things to say about their first round running back. Uh, so I think early in the offseason, they, hey, rookie, you suck. You're not doing what you need to. You got to work harder. But now that the games are about to start and his knees, okay, it's like, oh, he's doing great. And I think he's the back that has the most potential to really carry the load for the Patriots. I really like all of the Eagles backs too, but. Ugh. the Patriots offense is better. So I'll just hope for touchdowns there. I'm actually going to go with the Eagles uh, backfield for one. I think Corey Clement is really good. And I think later in the season last year, they kind of discovered like, Oh crap, we actually have another really good weapon here. And um, that was partially because Darren Sproles wasn't available, but also Darren Sproles is 35 years old and not to disparage him too much, but he's also a little guy who makes his living on being fast and quick. Um, I don't really like that combination. It's almost like having a super small point guard in the NBA. As soon as they start to age, they just can't produce as much as they used to. So I think that one's just going to be a two back determination. You know, are you going to play a Jay Ajayi who's going to be the starter or do you need Corey Clement who can come in on a bye week and you know maybe get you some PPR points. Can you imagine being 5'8 or however tall Darren Sproles is, 35 years old and running with 20-year-olds who are he's, twice your size and twice your weight? On ESPN, he's listed as 5'6, 190 pounds. That's absurd. Also, it's absurd because he's 
whatever. Wait, he's five six. He's almost a foot smaller than me and weighs almost as much as me. <laughs> There's a case that, to be made that 190 pounds is also generous. <laughs> that is that is a tank of a human right there. A tank. Nick, you you're clearly leaning towards that Eagles backfield. Oh, he might be frozen. <laughs> no, he's, he's, he's just bizarre. he's just really so angry. <laughs> it's such a good picture. He is so deep Oh god damn. Let's just I'll just say that we lost Nick for the show. And then um and we'll just go on to Clark. Yeah, all right. So my second would you rather is both the players and the situations. Uh, so I've got Dalvin Cook or Kareem Hunt. Both guys are going in about the same order. Uh, one rookie looked fantastic, and we had huge expectations for him, and he looked like he was going to meet those expectations and then suffered a horrible uh, leg injury, which it seems as though he's back from. The other one is Kareem Hunt, who's a rookie that we didn't have much faith in before draft season. And due to an injury uh, and his skill, ended up leading the league in rushing. So this is one of those interesting things, I think, where our expectations at the beginning have now put these two guys right next to each other. So do you want the guy who's proven that he can lead the NFL in rushing? Or do you want to speculate on someone coming back from an ACL tear? I'm going Kareem Hunt. Um, Trying not to let my Packers bias get involved here. But I'm going Kareem Hunt because... He kind of proved what he could be, and he could have even had a better season if the Chiefs didn't get super stale with their offense there towards the like third way through the season. Um, and also, Dalvin Cook just does not have a very solid offensive line. Like they're one injury away from having that entire thing collapse, and it's kind of scary. I love Dalvin Cook as a player, but I totally agree with Jordan. That offensive line terrifies me. And also, uh, you're going to have a young quarterback, so you're going to want to kind of establish the run, which Andy Reid does very well. Andy Reid, I saw somewhere, some someone on Twitter posted out basically doing stats of uh, looking at what coaches produce the best kind of uh, fantasy players at what position. Andy Reid was the best overall running back one. Like he produ- he constantly produces the best running backs in fantasy. And so I'm going to take Kareem Hunt. Yeah, and I kind of biased my thoughts probably during the description. Uh, I'll take Kareem <laughs> Hunt too. And I think the, the big part is the offensive line problems. And it's funny that each of you guys hit this. Uh, the offensive line problems scare me. And Andy Reid being Andy Reid just gives me faith that even right. if Spencer wears a thing, Kareem Hunt's still going to have plenty. Uh, He's back! I'm back. Sorry, guys. Technical difficulties, but I got my phone to work, so... (laughs) (laughs) Coming live from the cellular device. Yeah. Excellent. Well, you're just in time to answer Clark's first would you... Or second would you rather. Kareem Hunt or Dalvin Cook? Oh, Kareem, and it's not close. Boom. That was the that was the majority vote as well. Consensus. Nice. Didn't even have uh, Clark leading the witness there with his description. So, <laughs> so that was so the most honest. Like shown that he's the best in the league or something. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, come back from torn ACL. Take your pick. 
By the way, I do just want to say, draft all of the Patriots that you possibly can. Woo! Oh, and Nailed it. Coming from the Seahawks slash Patriots band. <laughs> I won uh, that. Who you would yeah, you rather? You and what yeah, would Clark, was, Clark was like, he is a Patriots fan. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jordan, give us your second would you rather. Um, so I'm looking at sophomore wide receivers here. Would you rather have Mike Williams or Corey Davis? Um, Mike Williams with the Los Angeles Chargers is about a mid ninth round ADP right now. And Corey Davis is going like in the late fifth. Um, I think Mike Williams in the ninth is a better value. I think he has a better quarterback, but he's also going to be second to Keenan Allen. Whereas Corey Davis could very well be the guy in Tennessee, like the number one receiver and also staying on brand. I really like Matt LaFleur and what he could possibly bring as an OC. Personally, I'm going to go with Corey Davis. Uh, It hasn't shown up in preseason, but from what I've heard from campus is that like people, they are in love with him, that he has been balling out and showing up. And I'm putting all of my faith in Matt LaFleur into making this offense finally exciting. And if he, like you said, Jordan, if he develops and shows up at that wide receiver one role, it's his, there's no one else in his way. Yeah. I would always rather swing for the fences at this point in your draft than try to pick someone who's going to get 800 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, Williams could take over, but it would take an injury to Allen. Uh, Davis may continue to disappoint. The only thing he did last year was catch a really great touchdown against the Patriots and be a huge, fast human. Uh, But I'm almost always at this point in my draft going to pick the guy that could finish, you know, ninth in wide receivers at the end of the year. So I, um, up until reading a report today, like would have been really easy for me to say Corey Davis, but I guess Mariota has really been struggling to adapt to the new offense. God Um, damn it. I know. And so here's, I'm, I'm a Taewon Taylor truther. Um, so that's already like, I, I almost expect him to take over the number one job. I know that's totally crazy, but with how many mouths there are to feed, like Richard Matthews is supposedly back. Johnny Smith, Delaney Walker, Taewon. I'm I'm almost wondering if if I actually want to go Mike Williams and assume that they're basically gonna kind of use him as like a quasi tight end in the red zone just because hey, you know, he's like six foot five to twenty or so. You know, he's yeah, huge, filthy yes. catch against the Seahawks. Yeah, so I'm I'm you know if it's true that Marietta is is struggling. Um, which if he is, I got to go make a couple uh, waiver moves. Um, <laughs> shit. You know what? <laughs> I'll, I'll be a little contrarian right now, and I'm going to say Mike Williams, and I hope that he functions as a, a Marcus Colston kind of wide receiver tight end guy. As, honestly, I think this is it's a really good would you rather because both guys have a ton of merit going for it. Like, I don't think you could go wrong with either of them. And it just comes down to personal preference, what you're, where you're picking, um, especially because Mike Ev- Mike Williams is uh, a lot of value comes with him, whereas Corey Davis, you do have to kind of pick uh, a little bit high. That's he, you were saying he was going what the fifth, yeah. Like, so that's you know that that's kind of wide receiver to territory. Yeah, I was actually leaning more Mike Williams just because in the ninth round, I'm just kind of right, you know, throwing things at the wall to see what sticks anyhow. Whereas in the fifth round, um, 
in the wide receiver rankings immediately after Corey Davis on ADP fantasy football calculator is our guy, Marvin Jones. So I'm well. come on, Jordan, in your five hour <laughs> speech about setting this question up, you didn't mention that fucking Marvin Jones is right behind Corey Davis. Yeah. No, I, Mike Williams is my pick. I just looked at this now. God. You also have guys like Julian Edelman who could come in and be a really good prospect or Emmanuel Sanders, who we just talked about too. And I think Matt LaFleur's offense is going to be pretty good. But at the same time, I think that also means like uptick in production from Delaney Walker and Deion Lewis and Taewon Taylor, who's having a really great preseason. And Mike Williams is only going to benefit from the lack of options that Phillip Rivers has, even if Keenan Allen's ahead of him. All right. Last round of Would You Rathers. Let's bang through them. Uh, Clark, let's start with you. All right. So would you rather for one year eat all of your meals and snacks from McDonald's, eat all of your meals and snacks from Taco Bell, or go 100% vegan? I would rather go 100% vegan. Yeah. For a year? Yeah, we die. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, yeah, probably, yeah, the vegan. I'm already <laughs> basically vegetarian. I have a cheat day for like just during the month and I will go get fast food and my stomach just hates me for that one day. I couldn't do that every day of the year. Oh, I could do, I could definitely digest it. I could do McDonald's for a long time. Well, I was, I was hoping to make it more difficult. The vegan thing (sighs) is just really because of cheese. Like if I could be vegan and cheese, that would be easy for me, but I am from Wisconsin. I eat this vegan cream cheese. It's pretty good. No, it's not, Pete. Oh, shit. I'm <laughs> sorry. It's awful. <laughs> the Matrix only tells you it's good. Yeah, Kids may be listening me. to the show, Pete. We can't be spreading misinformation about <laughs> vegan cream cheese. Oh, there you go. All right, Jordan, uh, your final would you rather. Okay, are we going a uh, football one or are we actually it's up to you. messing around? Because I watched that movie on Netflix um, – to all the boys, I've loved Ooh, it. was it good? Actually, I enjoyed it. I Netflix it. original movies are like my lifetime movies. But they had a would you rather on there. Um, would you rather drink water for the rest of your life or be able to drink anything for the rest of your life? But there is like a teaspoon of urine in it and anything that you drink. I'll take the urine. <laughs> I'm sorry. I you threw what? <laughs> I like I like how Clark didn't need to click Clark's like, yep, nope, I'll take the urine. I get to drink whatever I want. Nick's like, this can't be it. I, yeah. I'm gonna need a clarification here. This is my Aguilar or Jeffrey. I can can I say neither? <laughs> can I say you don't want even water? How could you not just want water for a year? I could do water for a year. I'll do water for a year. I said for the rest of your life. Rest oh, of your life, guys. Oh, <laughs> oh. Are we talking clean urine, like someone who's very well hydrated, where he's basically just urinating water? Or are we talking like, uh, ooh, fireworks going on behind me. Oh, it's the end of the feasts here in the north end of Boston. We're firing off the fireworks. Anyways. To answer your question, it's somebody that's just completely dehydrated and oh, just water really needs like water. a Gatorade. God, water. that's crushing. It's crushing. <laughs> a teaspoon though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's not a lot. 
but not a lot, but it would be, be literally everything I drank. And the issue would be if I drank things that weren't already yellow, you would see that. Like my water would become yellow. Does alcohol kill the bacteria? Or <laughs> so I would just I would just get ammonia in the urine. I would just drink beer. That'd probably be my answer. I mean, I think the answer is you try to skirt around this where you buy like the gallon jug of whiskey, the ten gallon thing of water. Ooh. Hey, there you Ooh. go. Clark Barnes. All right, yep, we're answering. Your... <laughs> Clark is a genius. Clark I don't know why I have such an in-depth take on this. That's yeah. my answer too, Clark. Yeah, well done, sir. All right, Nick, uh, final would you rather? Uh, I'm going to go normal football stuff. First off, I just have to say it again. Draft all the Patriots running backs. Um, you're getting 10-plus touches in the best offense in the league. It, yeah, anyway, uh, fourth round, would you rather take Amari Cooper or Chris Hogan? Chris Hogan, hands down. Yep. Yep. Boom. The Amari right. Cooper. Don't, nope, Jordan, don't even pretend. <laughs> I think that was his cat talking. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry, but once upon a time, Amari Cooper was a surefire top eight wide receiver, and I think he can get back there again. Yeah, everyone on the Raiders took a step back last year, and uh, something that I haven't heard a lot of people other than myself say repeatedly is the quarterback for the Raiders broke his back <laughs> last year. He he did the Tony Romo, broke his back, and then tried to play. Guy, of course, the offense wasn't as good as you know we'd hoped for it to be. Amari Cooper is, you know, developing a bit of a Julio Jones touchdown allergy, and that is concerning. But he's a talented player who's played a lot of games. Chris Hogan, I know it's exciting to have a wide receiver in New England, but the guy can't stay healthy, and he's just okay. Which, granted, can be enough in the Patriots' offense with this receiving core for him to be amazing, but. Give me the talented person with a quarterback who's not going to be playing half the year with a broken back this year. I don't doubt that Amari Cooper is going to be good this year. I'm He is a phenomenal wide receiver, and I'm sure he will rebound. The thing that I that I just think – I just think Chris Hogan's going to score double-digit touchdowns with ease this year. With yeah. ease. And so, like, I'm just going with touchdowns. I, I don't care if Amari Cooper puts up 1,300 and two touchdowns or three touchdowns, puts up a Julio Jones stat that we're used to. Give me Chris Hogan, who's going to catch 60 balls for 90, 900 yards and 12 touchdowns. Take that any day. The issue with, with Amari Cooper for me, um, Matt Harmon does awesome work with his reception perception. Um, the guy basically just struggles to generate separation when he's pressed. And so when he lines up in the slot, he kills it. But they just don't really want to line him up there. Now, he has seen more time in the slot this preseason, so maybe they're, they're going to figure that out. But the other issue is that he's sort of vertically challenged. He he managed uh, vertical jumps of 33 and 34 inches at the combine and at the pro day, which is not that good for a number one receiver. And the fact that he just put on like 13 pounds, like he's 225, that's not going to help him get up. And I think that that has a huge uh, thing to do with his ability to score in the red zone or in the end zone because he can't get up. And he's like 5'11". I don't think he's he's going to win with jump balls. Yeah, I think the the weird Julio can't score touchdown things is going to become Armari Cooper's thing. And so, yeah, give me the number one receiver in the Patriots offense. Well, Chris Hogan played the cross, so. So, do with it what you will. <laughs> that's what I hear. I, that's what I'm told. I don't know that for sure. Okay, and my final would you rather, part fantasy, part fantasy football. Woo-hoo! Look what I did there. 
Okay, here we go. <clears throat> you wake up to the sounds of screaming and shattering glass. You jump out of bed and run to the window just in time to see a giant green laser zap seemingly out of nowhere and explode a running, screaming human being. You don't know what's happening or where these lasers are coming from. You rush to throw clothes on, tossing on whatever first comes across your touch. You end up pairing a Nickelback tour shirt with that old pair of torn jorts that you've been promising yourself you'd get rid of. Now, dressed, you rush out of your room only to discover that half of your apartment is missing, presumably taken by one of those green lasers. In its giant chasm, there stands a 10-foot-tall tarantula with three eye patches, two laser guns, seven heavily tattooed limbs, and a belt made from human skulls with Samantha Parkington, the Edwardian-era 20th century American girl doll nicely tucked into it. She's wearing a makeshift helmet to protect her porcelain head. You pick up a broken leg of your dinner table. Would you rather battle this menacing beast to the death with your broken table leg, or... Have your first two picks be lost for the injuries for seconds after drafting your team. So there's a couple of things that I just have to adjust on this story. I really like the premise. I can only make half of this outfit work because I don't have a Nickelback tour t-shirt. So <laughs> well, in the in the post-apocalyptic Clark case. Okay. Well, that, when when the world gonna... is being overrun by giant insects and arachnids, you have a Nickelback tour shirt. It partially led to the arachnid. Uh, insect uprising. So I'm just in jorts. That's just I'm gonna have to have that <laughs> cool. Part of my story. Um, if that's how you want to fight the ten foot tarantula, yeah. just in jorts, I'm in. I am a hundred percent on board. That I'm gonna have to lose my first two picks because little spiders are frightening. I can't imagine what I would do against a big spider. But I'm glad you made the clarification of what your outfit would exactly be before you turn down. Uh, the battling it. It's good to do like a pros and cons list for these. I understand. No, yeah. I understand. Well, this is just weird because this has actually happened to me before. And you got up a ten foot spider that has an American girl doll tucked in its belt of human skulls. Yeah, except I used a chair leg that was broken, not a oh, table. Oh, interesting. It made it a little bit difficult because it's not as thick. Give me the spider. I hate spiders. I despise them. Let's do battle. I want to have my first two picks for the whole season. Yeah, This is the action movie I've been waiting for my entire life. So, Pete, I don't know if you can see the X-Files I Want to Believe poster over my shoulder. Um, I would be way more stoked if it was like a little gray man and he was like, Nick, let's go for a ride. But anyway, it's still an alien. I'll fight the spider. I'll defeat it. And I'll keep my two picks. Got to exercise bravery because if you, you don't head, fight it, you who else is first fight in that it? spider? Sometimes, guys, discretion is the better part of valor. You have condemned humanity to a slow, horrible death by wishing this giant voodoo spider into existence. I was willing to take one for the team, humans, and just lose my fantasy football. No, 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 Clark, you didn't understand. When you were facing this spider, you would then say, you'd hold up your phone and you'd say, oh, sorry, I actually lost my first two picks to injury. And the spider would say, oh, Clark, I'm so sorry here. Let me just check my list. Yes, you are, in fact, on it. I am not supposed to be attacking you right now. Oh, do you know where Jordan Smith is? That is the guy who I'm supposed to be in an epic battle to the death with. I'm going to keep my answer. I'd, I'd still just live. <laughs> cool. Sounds good. Good man. Good man. So there you go. There's some uh, some the greatest the greatest game in the podcast universe. Would you rather uh, ending on some excellent excellent questions again? 
Big thanks to all of you listeners who are participating in the RB1 Fantasy League this year. It should be a blast. It's the first time we're doing it, so we'll see how it goes. We hope that it's amazing. My wife is playing, and she is all excited to toast all of our booties um, and then cuss openly on the podcast about when her team fails her. Make sure to subscribe uh, and uh, download and rate and review and all those good things on iTunes. Uh, follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. Follow myself at PM Rogers. Follow Clark at NFL Clark. Follow Jordan at Jordan underscore Smith 27. Follow Nick at Ginger underscore underscore Nick without a K and I C. And we will be back at you guys next week um, because we're doing it twice a week so we'll be back at you Tuesday um, and until then peace